I'm really looking forward to bringing the Word of God this morning on Mother's Day. And um, I know that this isn't necessarily an easy day for many people. I understand that. And some people would have probably woke up this morning and maybe even questioned whether or not they wanted to come this morning. Because it is a hard time for them, and I get that. This is my first Mother's Day without my mom. So I get that. I, I understand that, that there can be pain that's associated with that. I, I totally understand that this morning. And so maybe if you were here, if, if you are here today and you woke up and you were questioning whether or not you wanted to come, I thank you for being here. I know for some it's not easy. But I know that the Lord is here, and He's with us. And the Lord, He is with the brokenhearted this morning. Amen? I know that He's with me. My heart's broken this morning. Whenever you experience the first Mother's Day without your mom, you know, that's something that is new that you have to walk through. But I thank Him that He's so close that He mends my broken heart. Amen? So this morning, I, I do want to take you to the Word of God, and you know, the title of the message this morning is, God sees me, and He knows my name. God sees you, and He knows your name this morning. Not all of us in here this morning are mothers. I'm a guy, I'm not a mom. Right? So not all of us are mothers, but we all here today were once children, right? Some are still children here this morning. But we've been children, and it's amazing what we can learn from the lens of a child, from the perspective of a child. And today's message is going to be about a mother, it's going to be about a child, and it's going to be about God seeing a mom and knowing her by name. And she was really an unexpected person that would give this name to God. El Roy. She named him. That's interesting. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But yesterday, before we get into the word, yesterday I had an opportunity to play ball with my nephew and my niece, and my son, and we were outside having a yard sale, and my nephew, Sawyer, this was the, the first time in my niece's journey, my son, Kai, we were all out there, and I'm telling you what, whenever you don't throw a ball in like 15 years, you wake up not knowing that, wow, it's like, I used to throw that ball all the time. Ooh, it's letting me know it this morning, so you know, every time I raise my hand to praise the Lord, it's like, oh yeah, I remember throwing that softball yesterday. But we were out, out in the yard yesterday, and uh, this is the first time that he had, uh, as, as far as I know, with my knowledge, that he tried to hit a ball, is that right? Was he just kind of learning? Maybe he's done it before, but you know, I, I was giving him, I was giving him some pointers, right? I had to relive about 20 years ago when I used to play, and you know, I was, I was up there, and, 
and showing them how to bat, and we were playing catch. And, uh, but every time I noticed something that, that Sawyer would do, and I don't know if you caught this, Malia. Malia's his mom, my sister over there. But every time Sawyer would get up to bat, I would notice. This is, you know, he was, he's, he's right-handed, so he's batting like this, right? But every time before he got up to the bat, you know what he was doing? I'm over here, and he's looking over there. Because who's over there? His mom's looking. And he's looking every time. I am not exaggerating. Every time he got up to the, the batter's spot, you know, he would, he would, you know, and I'd have to tell him which way to turn and all this, but he would be looking at mom. He was seeing if mom was looking and wanted to make sure that he was being seen. And that really hit me. It's like, yeah, I remember those days, you know, when you were looking to see if your mom or your dad or you wanted to be seen. And Sawyer was doing that. And it really hit me yesterday when I, when I watched him do that. And can you remember, and I remember my kids doing this, and I can remember all my kids when we would do things, and, and they would be seeing if mom was watching or if dad was watching. And I could come up and they say, hey, mom, guess what? Hey, mom, guess what? Hey, dad, guess what? Look at this, mom. Hey, mom, look at this. Making sure that they're being seen, right? And so that really just kind of, Open up, and as I was studying for Mother's Day, I'd been studying this topic anyway throughout the week, and I was like, you know, it's Mother's Day, and, but I want a message that will relate to everyone, mothers, men, sons, daughters, all of us together. And I thought, you know, what a wonderful message talking about a God that sees you and knows you by name. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. There's something to that. When you want to be seen. So this morning I would like for us to turn, turn to Genesis chapter 16. We're going to look at a mother and a child and see a relevant truth for us today. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version this morning. So if you're here long enough, we'll probably hit all the versions. I like to mix it up and use different versions. And they'll have it up here on the screen for you, all right, to follow along. It's in the New King James Version. And if you want to follow along with your your Bible, your physical Bible, you can do that. Or if you have it on a a smart device, you can follow along. Or you can follow along up here on the screen. But this is a relevant message for us today. And it is a mother and a child. And it really is kind of an unexpected person that we might talk about today. We're going to be talking about Hagar today and this whole story. When we read this story, you know what it really kind of reminds me of a little bit? Not that I really watch them, but you know what they're about. Like a television show that's like a reality show, and it's full of drama, you know? You, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can read some stories in the Bible, and it's like, wow, this is like made for TV. You know, this is like interesting. This is, there's all kinds of things that are just wrapped up in these in these accounts that were written. And when I read this one about Abram and Sarah, I was like, this is before their names were changed, Abraham and Sarah. This is before the promised child comes, right? You see, we're picking up in a story that 10 years prior to this, that, that God had promised Abram, you know, that he was going to be a father uh, to many, right? 
And, and Sarah, they, uh, she hadn't had a child yet. She, she, for 10 years, they'd been waiting for this promised child, and it's not coming to pass. So I'm sure there's a little frustration because she's like, I'm getting, you know, I'm 86, 90 years old, and I've not had a child yet, right? Time was ticking, basically. And, and so they're in a, a spot here, and it really does kind of, when you read it, it takes me to like some kind of television drama that you might watch. And so let's pick up in Genesis chapter 1. I want to read the whole entire chapter. There's only 15 verses, 16 verses in Genesis chapter 16. But I'm going to stop a little ways in, okay? Let's pick this up. Now, Sari, or you, however you want to pronounce that, okay? Her name's not Sari yet, okay? Abram's wife had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. That's crucial here, all right? She was a slave, Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarah. Sarah, Abraham's wife, Abram's wife took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Hmm. There's a lot going on here. Are you picking that up? There's, there's a lot happening in this so far, what we've been talking about. And, and some of us will be like, what is going on here? You just told your maidservant to go sleep with your husband so that she could produce a child. Back then, you know, it, it was different than it is now. It necessarily wasn't that strange for something like this to happen, right? Now, today, that is very strange. We, we don't condone that, right? She, she thought that she was being a, a good maidservant, and she went and bore a child with Abram. And Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between you and me. Let's stop right there. Let's talk about this for a little bit. So we know that Abram and Sarah, they couldn't have a child. The Lord had promised a child. But so far, it's not happened yet. So Sarah, she said, I want you to have this child, so I'm going to give you this maidservant, this Egyptian maidservant, to have a child. Things go bad, real bad. Did you pick that up in those last two verses? There started to be this dislike between them. You told me to go be conceived by your husband. Now you're mad at me. 
And, and now you despise me. Something that was interesting there, whenever you hear the word despise, that sounds bad, right? Does anyone, you think that you agree that, that that's not a good thing, right? Whenever somebody despises you. But there was something interesting there when I looked at the Hebrew word for that. When I looked at that word despise, it, or some translations may say mistreated, I went into that and I looked at that Hebrew word, and that same Hebrew word was used when it's talked about the Egyptians despising and afflicting upon the Israelites. Same word. That changes it a little bit, doesn't it? That, that to me, takes it to a whole new level of mistreatment or being despised. Because she was not happy with, with Hagar here. She was not happy with her at all. Mistreated her. And, and, and afflicting whatever kind of cruelty may be upon her. That's, that's what it's saying here. So bad that she's, she's wanting to leave. She doesn't want to stay now, right? I mean, who wants to stay in that situation? She's like, here I was. I thought I was doing something. And I'm going somewhere with this message this morning. So you've got to stay with me, all right? But... Who wants to stay in this situation? So we've got to put our, our t- today, this morning, whether you're man, woman, boy, or girl, I want to get to a point here to where the topic is when you feel like you're invisible. Right? Because don't you think that Hagar probably felt like she was invisible in this situation? Sometimes it's hard when we read Scripture and we read about these really to think about what's going on in the situation. Here she was. She was in a foreign place. She was a slave. She was a maidservant to Abram and Sari. And, and, and there's a situation going on where God promised a child, but it hadn't happened yet. So Sari is taking this upon herself that she wants to produce a child for Abram, but it's not in the will of God. This isn't the plan there, right? It was the plan for Sari to have a child, right? And so now there's a whole situation where now she's being mistreated, She's feeling like and she's, she's done wrong. She, she's being despised. And now she feels invisible. Now she's just being used to, to produce a child. And that's where we're at in this place, in this story this morning. And for me to look at this and think, wow, she is a woman that is unseen. She has to feel invisible. Now, maybe no one in here this morning, you feel like that you are invisible or unseen, but I'm sure maybe that a few, maybe you have felt that way. Where you felt like you were just invisible or unseen, unheard. You know, it's not only, I, I know people who, as moms, feel unseen and unheard. As fathers, I've had people come to me, believe it or not, in the church and said, I'm unseen by other church family. Right? Some people say, well, I'm unseen by God. Right? Some go through that season where they feel like they're unseen by God. If I would ask a question this morning, who in here would raise your hand and you don't have to, but you'd be like, I pray to God and I've prayed, but I feel like my, my prayers hit the ceiling and bounce right back down. Right? And I'm sure that there would be many people in here this morning that you would be in that, you'd be like, yeah, I've been there. I've felt like I've prayed prayers, and I feel like it just hits the ceiling, and it comes right back down. 
Well, you know, my hopes and my dreams have been ignored for some reason. You know? Or, or there's just been these situations and these circumstances that happen, and I feel like I've had the, the wind knocked out of me. So that's where we're at here in this this morning. Mm. Unseen. You know Hagar's name means forsaken and flight. That's what her name means. Forsaken and flight. Let's back, jump back into our, into our text this morning. Let's jump into, uh, where were we at? Verse 6, all right. So Abram said to Sarah, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarah dealt harshly with her, she fled from his presence. She didn't want to stick around there anymore. So this is getting really good right here, all right? Verse verse 7. It says, Now the angel of the Lord found her. Can we just stop right there for a moment? And talk about the angel of the Lord. Think about that. The angel of the Lord found her. Uh, who is the angel of the Lord here? Anyone? Who's the angel of the Lord here? It's Jesus. How amazing is this? That this is a theophanic, okay? That's a big word, right? This is a theophanic. That means anytime you see this, the angel of the Lord, that is the manifestation of God. This is a theophanic angel, is what we are reading about right here. It's a manifestation of God. You see it in different places in the Old Testament. Jacob's ladder, you see it. You see it at the burning bush. You see it at Sodom and Gomorrah. You see it whenever the children of Israel were fleeing in the desert. So you see it throughout where the angel of the Lord visited them. And how amazing is it, this is, this is God in human form coming to this most unlikely candidate. You know, you might be sitting here today and thinking, I'm the most unlikely candidate for God in anything. I felt like that before, right? I have felt like there's times where I have, I have messed up and I've done things, and it's like, God, how in the world, why would you even care about me at all? And Hagar's here in a situation where she's been mistreated. She's done what she thought she was supposed to do. Everything was supposed to be according to plan here, but it's not. She's being mistreated, so now she's fleeing. And then all of a sudden, you see the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water, in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. Let's continue on. And he said, I love this, Hagar, Sarai's maid. You know, it wasn't like he was just pulling a name out. I mean, he, could he have got, you know, could he have just guessed and got her name right? Oh. He's God. I mean, he knew that for sure. But he went further, and he even said what her position was. She was the maidservant. He was really getting personal with her here. He called her by name. You know, let's be like Dina. You know, RN. (laughs) No, he, he knew her. He was 
seen her. He saw her. He saw her going through all that she was going through. And here she is fleeing. And he has this encounter with her. That's powerful. Isn't it amazing? Anybody in here think that's amazing this morning? Would you think it's amazing if, if you were in, going through life and you felt like you were invisible and nobody cared about you and you're carrying a child and now you're fleeing into the wilderness and you're all alone and now all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appears to you and knows you by name? Wow. That, that's, that's amazing. That's truly amazing what's going on here. Let's, let's continue on. It says, you, where you have come from and where you are going. She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sari. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself unto her hand or under her hand. That would have to be hard, wouldn't it? You would have to know that you just encountered God himself to go back into a situation like that. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, are you, are you seeing how long this conversation is? Do you know that she had the longest conversation by a woman in the Old Testament with God? And it's Hagar. Is that, is that really hitting anybody here today? That's okay if not. I mean, it is me. It, it, it really is speaking to me this morning because I'm thinking, God, here you are finding somebody who is the most unlikely candidate. Isn't that just like God? Because it's filled throughout the Bible how he uses the most unlikeliest of people, Right? But he's having this conversation, and he says, And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Ah, and here we go, verse 13. Then she called the name of the Lord spoke to her, you are the God who sees. For she said, I have also here seen him who sees me, Elohim. She's the first one to give a name to God. You have 16 chapters of the Bible up to this point, right? And she's the first person to give a name to God, Elohim, the God who sees me. Up until this point, we've, we've heard of, of Yahweh. He has he said, you know, he is Yahweh, the Lord. He has been Elohim, the creator. He's been El Shaddai, the Almighty. But here you have an unlikely candidate in Hagar, and she names him Elohim, the God who sees me. So this morning, I hope you understand and you know that God sees you. He sees you, and he knows you by name. And I hope that encourages you this morning to know that we have a God who is so personal, 
and he sees you, and he knows everything about you. He knows the very numbers of hair on your head this morning. He is a personal God. And when it feels like there's a disconnect, I hope and I pray that you just stay connected with him because he is a God who sees. He's a God who sees. Hmm. That statement right there that we read in verse 13 is a very important statement. We all have a basic need to be seen. That's why you hear, watch me, mommy. That's why you hear, watch me, daddy. My kids, to use another example, how many have been ever been to a carnival and they had a carousel? Anybody? Or the merry-go-round, whatever you call it. Right? I can remember being on those, and every time I'd go by, what did I do? I was looking for my mom or dad. And what were they doing? They were looking for me. Every time around, every time around, my kids, they'd be going around that merry-go-round, I'd be watching them. And then there's there's that moment where they go behind the center of it, and you're like, I can't wait to pick them back up. And, And you even move, right? Has anybody ever done that? Whenever you're around that fence around it, and, and you move around, and you're like, you know, trying to weave in and out of other parents, and other parents are doing that, you're all like shuffling around because you want to make the most eye contact and, and just be waving real big at your kids because, you, you know, you're, you're making that contact back and forth because you want, they want to be seen. You want to be seen. And that's the way that God is. It would make it so difficult, and all he's saying is, I see you. All I want is for you to see me. He says, we don't have to make this so difficult. Just know that I know you, and I see you, and my eyes are always on you. And that's all I ask in return, is that you keep your eyes on me. That's the big point there, isn't it? The big point is, is that we keep our gaze towards him. That's the, that's, that's the point this morning is that we know he sees us. But are we looking at him? Are we seeing him this morning? I know we have more of the scripture to read. Let's go ahead. Let's pick it back up so we can read all this. There's only just a, maybe like two or three more uh, verses here. Therefore, the well was called Bir Laha Roy. Observe it. It is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. And that's our text this morning, but there's so much in there, isn't there? Talking about a God who sees. And there is that basic need for just wanting to be seen. And a God who does see us. You see, one day, every eye will see him. There's going to come a day, I'm almost finished, but there's coming a day where every eye will see him. But don't wait until that day where every eye will see him, whether you want to or not. Make it a time now to where you're looking at him, and you're making contact with him, and you're seeing him. And the question would be, why are, what are we waiting for in that? What, what would we be waiting for? What glittery thing out there takes our eyes away from God that is so important? 
Isn't that a true statement? He loves us so much. John 3, 16. Can we say it together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and whosoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have what? It's a God who sees you this morning. It's a God who sees us. I'm so thankful that I serve a God who who loves me this way. Think how life-changing it is to go into every day. Think about this. I truly am. If you give me like two or three more minutes, I'm going to be done here. Okay? But think of how life-changing it is to know that Elohim, that Yahweh, El Shaddai, is keeping his eye on you. That's powerful. That's life-changing. It's altering to know that the Creator has His eye on you this morning. What a difference it makes to know that God sees us this morning. Would you bow your heads with me this morning as we close? I'm encouraged today to know that there's a God who loves me and who sees me. And if you're not encountering that this morning, you have a wonderful opportunity to do so. And all you have to do is reach out to him and say, Jesus, uh, I recognize you and I want you in my life. I want to be able to say with, with confidence that I am walking with you and I have a relationship with you. And there's no secret prayer to this. It's no set prayer, set of words that you have to say in, in repeating. It's, it's basically you knowing that you have a need for a Savior. You know your condition right now, and, and you know if you need Him in your life. And if you need Him in your life, do you need to know Him as Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, the one who died on the cross. And all you have to do is cry out His name. All you have to do is say, I'm a sinner. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life. Forgive me. I want to start a relationship with you. I want to walk this new walk with you. I want to live for you. And Holy Spirit, teach and guide me each and every day. And I'm telling you, that's a great, a great way to start life in Him with His eyes on you and your eyes on Him. So this morning, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a time of worship. We thank you, God, for for all that you are. And God, for just keeping your eyes on each and every one of us. And for some, that may seem kind of, oh, I don't really want your eyes on me, Lord. But God, to know that you you are watching over us. Ah, it's truly a powerful thing, Lord. It's an amazing thing. And I just pray that we can fix our gaze upon you each and every day. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for our mothers. God, we thank you, Lord, for this day that we can celebrate them. And God, I pray that as we leave this place this morning, uh, that we can have a wonderful, just wonderful day even in the separation, Lord God, 
that we can have a wonderful day just resting in you and celebrating and encouraging one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.